Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Yeah, could you bear with me literally for just 30 seconds? Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making your way here, for checking out the uh, the episode. Uh, of course, I hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the entire series. If you do, I'll give you three brand new interviews every single week. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. A great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover those new ones all the usual places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, NPR, WFPK.org, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And if you do so, you'll hear like uh, some of our uh, great uh, guests that we've had on recently, including uh, actor Michael Shannon. Uh, he was on here with Jason Narducci to talk about R.E.M.'s Murmur. We had Slater Kinney. Producer Jack Antonoff and his band Bleachers. We had actor Peter Capaldi and Tom Mucci, who dropped in to discuss criminal records. McKenna Grace from the uh, Ghostbusters movies, as well as Janelle Monet, Andy Taylor of Duran Duran, Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age. Dolly Parton was even here. Just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith with podcast. And if you're already subscribed, the biggest thing you could do to help this series right here is to uh, make sure to uh, give the show a rating and leave a review wherever you're listening from. Those two things right there honestly go so far in helping out any podcast. Uh, Again, ratings, review, subscribe. I'm Kyle Meredith today talking with Ben Barlow of the band Neck Deep. They've got a new record. It's self-titled. And we're going to be talking about how they've uh, sort of taken their sound back to their roots. And and he'll tell us about making actually a tough decision to scrap the work that they had been doing about halfway through the production in Los Angeles uh, to instead self-produce the LP back home in Wales, as well as the plan to purposefully try to make a pure pop-punk album and what that means in the scope of their catalog. Ben's going to go on to talk about including a Beatles send-up in the single Heartbreak of the Century, uh, the trick to getting political songs right, as in the case of their track We Need More Bricks, and documenting the discovery of aliens in Take Me With You. All that and more, it's a brand new self-titled record from Neck Deep. It's Kyle Meredith with Ben Barlow. Yo, how's it going? Been enjoying the band for a while now, but uh, but here we are on the newest one, and you guys are back. It's a self-titled record. And and it's kind of just a nonstop barrage in a way uh, of, of of music and and you know I'll take the low hanging fruit too uh, you know with this whole concept of going back to your roots let me just say first off how much fun I have listening to this and 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 congrats on another fine album thank you yeah yeah um, I would say yeah we're kind of going back to our roots I would say 
Uh, yeah, in, in a lot of ways, but, uh, you know, also kind of taking our experience, you know, thus far and uh, and applying that, you know, I think they're some of the best songs that we've ever written, I think. And again, every, everyone says this, you know, everyone says, ooh, it's the most, uh, it's the best record we've ever written. But I, I wouldn't say that, but I think it's it's still, you know, it's up there. It's up there. I think we're the best songwriters that we've been. And this is just us, I think, simplifying a little bit and kind of, taking a step back. Yeah, getting back to our roots, like not just sort of like sonically, but like the process was very much more um, back to our roots. And yeah, you know, we had to make the tough decision to uh, kind of switch things up halfway through production and took on the the, the task of, of tracking and producing a record ourselves. But, you know, that's all we did back in the day. It was the same kind of process. And so, yeah, applied the same thing. And, and, I, and I think that's kind of what makes... Uh, kind of what makes our, our sound is I think when we're kind of left to our own devices and can kind of communicate freely and you know um I think we just know ourselves very well at this point and yeah like I said better songwriters than we've ever been so it's it's cool to see where the the kind of I don't know just I guess just where the band is, has gone you know and just just to see that we can still write pop punk really you know generic pop punk and uh and still make it somewhat you know somewhat interesting and um and just fun overall like you said so yeah thanks thanks so what brought on the shift uh halfway through um well we were just we we were out in la and we were working with producers and it was just like just didn't sound the way that we wanted it to sound it's not like the songs were like different it was it was just things weren't sounding the way we wanted to, you know, some parts maybe we would we would change and just the vibe was kind of off, I think, just generally, whether that was you know, between ourselves or or, or our surroundings. We you know, it was a, a combination of things and uh yeah, tough decisions kind of turn around to the band. I think everyone was kind of thinking it. Um and we were, you know, kind of doing you know, trusting the process or whatever, but got to a point where it was just like we kind of need to take control of this and get things done the way that we want them done and you know not have to have to fight that so um yeah you know we have a studio back home it's not far from where we live so we were just like right let's let's kit kit it out a, a little bit and um yeah do this we had to turn to seven so are you ready to produce another full-length record for you know it's been a while but but yeah you know had to do what had to be done but it paid off it's it's i i was thinking i was trying to figure out the word i wanted to use i almost said you know that it takes guts to do that and and to a certain extent i guess it does take guts because because when you are successful and teams have been built and people are depending on you and and money is moving around from here to there and you're in the middle of something and you go we got to put on the brakes we got it like that. That can't be an easy moment, but no, <laughs> but like, but we know what happens if you don't like, you know, you were, you were yeah. kind of, uh, you were, you were kind of joking around about, you know, every uh, artist says, you know, this is our best album when they've done it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that goes even for the bad ones. And then you look back and you go, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's tough. Like, you know, there's so many decisions that kind of go into, how a record is made and where a record is made like you say it's it's money it's 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 even down to stuff of like you know accommodation for us to go and stay out in la you know it ain't cheap these days and you know 
while we're fortunate in a fortunate position, it's like I would we all probably kind of wanted to be home and felt a little bit more comfortable at home. Yeah, it was a uh, it was tough. But the, the the other side to that is like we either stick with this though, and then the record really suffers, and we're stuck with a record that we don't like, uh, or that we're constantly thinking, you know, could that have been different? And um. We also knew that time constraints, you know, we, we ended up having to push the record back a couple of months um, because, you know, our time in L.A. set us back probably a month, six weeks, something like that. So we knew we had to, like, really get home and and, uh, and crunch and we were in the studio pretty much every day. But immediately, you know, we got in the studio back, back at home and it was like, all right, this is whew, these songs are sounding better now. You know what I mean? Like we were it was tough. It was tough. There was a particular meltdown we had in LA and uh, all sat in a diner outside. And it was just like, oh God, what the fuck are we doing? Like, it's going to be, you know, we're a month behind schedule. It's going to cost us so much money to scrap this essentially. But there you go. It had to be done. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you to get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Ben Barlow of Neck Deep. You know, the type of questions we don't usually get to ask artists, but, you know, like, I enjoy all of your records, but do you have any of those where you remember, like, you got finished and you're like, this is great. And now you look back and you go, well, uh, I don't know. I think, I think, I don't know. I, I, I think there will always be a sense of that because you're like, so in, into what you're doing and like what you're doing at that, 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 you know, at that moment feels right. Like, I don't think we have any bad records. I think we just have like 
some records that like really stick out to fans like hit at the right moment you know and it holds a lot of like i want to say this yeah i guess a lot of nostalgia for people really um but no honestly we've walked away from every record that we've done loving it really like regardless of what other people think like we're never going to please everyone we're we're a fucking pop punk band for a start like not everyone is just going to like pop punk off the bat. Like maybe well-written pop punk people might like, you know, we hope to be the band that maybe people do go, oh yeah, well, pop punk, make you do it well, you know? So uh, we're not, you know, we're, we're not, we're not trying to get everyone to like us, you know what I mean? So it's like, hey, if you don't like it, whatever. But I don't know, last record, maybe a little bit ADAI though. Like we were in such a fucking bubble writing that record, but like we absolutely loved it and we were trying to do a lot of different stuff too and like we were kind of trying to push our boundaries a little bit because at that time we didn't want to write another pop punk record you know we were kind of like ah we do have to do something you know and it's 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 part of a lot of bands uh trajectories when they kind of they pivot for a minute just to test the waters and then generally take a step back and i and i see the the point in that like or the or at least the sort of like creative logic behind it like do you want to go as far as you can and test what people like and what they don't like and um yeah i think i think maybe post covid too we had like a, a kind of like let's just fucking simplify what we do like let's not kill ourselves trying to be to, trying to evolve into something else let's just like keep what we're doing going you know um yeah, so it's tough. It is tough. It's uh, it's 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 scary doing it, like finishing up a record and like putting it out to the world and like getting people's first responses and stuff. It's kind of like, oh fuck, you know what I mean? Like, you know, obviously everyone, everyone likes it, but it's like, fuck, this was like six months of my life that was, you know, more that was uh, kind of put into this, and uh, it is tough to kind of set it free. But yeah, we're not trying to appeal to everyone, so. For anybody but art out there that's that's always commendable and and you know and i will compliment you again because you guys are obviously great songwriters at this point you have owned your craft you. even when you're uh, switching up the genres or whatever tweaking the genres like those are still great songs and this set which you know here you self-titled a record and it's funny how much a self-title can speak more than you know it's like oh it's our name but it ends up saying so much like we're betting on ourselves kind of a thing or at least that's how it comes across to me but the songs on here like heartbreak of the century i think is one of the best songs i've heard this year like easily hands down yeah that's a, that's a banger you know we, we had that one in the locker for a while and you know yeah thank you I, I think but you know in terms of like general sound as well i think like yeah we we know what we do well like we haven't really tried to write like an out and out pop punk record until this record and so I think in that sense, again, you know, it's this whole going back to roots thing, whatever sounds a little cliche, but like, you know, that was, it, it felt right to be able to do that this time and self-titling it as well. Like we were throwing around a bunch of album names, like some of them were jokes, some of them were um, like song lyrics or whatever. And we had a bunch of good ones that had some good meanings and all this sort of stuff. Um, but then you've got to think of like the artwork to go along with that and everything else and and it's all gonna it's all gonna feel right and uh, at some point you know a self-title was suggested and I think down to the way that we did it and the way that it happened um, it ended up just kind of feeling right that it was like it was kind of just like okay we've done this all ourselves like this hasn't been through any other filter than our own we we made it ourselves in our own space in the way that we always have and if there was ever a time to do a self-title that maybe just felt like this was kind of a one, you know, like, fuck it, let's just, 
if you get one, then let's do it on this one. Why not? And save some good album titles too, because there's a couple in there that, you know, there's always ideas flying around. So it's just one of them. It just kind of felt right. The album's like short, sharp in your face. And I feel like that's kind of what Neck Deep's always kind of been about. So yeah. And, and for fans, it, it, I don't know, kind of, there's an expectation. We kind of know what we're getting into at that point, you know? And um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did want to ask about that track a little bit further Heartbreak of the Century. Do you remember coming up with those lines? Because I love the wordplay of that of that track. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think my I think the way that I write is always kind of geared towards that. You know, I feel like that's a very neck deep song, and I think the time that I was writing that, I probably I think we finished that one up in Florida, because uh, we actually went out and did a couple tracks with Andrew Wade, who we worked on Life's Out to Get You with. And that was one of the songs that came out of there. I think we also did Shut the Fuck Up with Wade, too. Or maybe I got that the wrong way around. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I was kind of just like, I don't know, for the verses, I kind of just wanted it to be this, like, finger pointer and this, like, kind of stabby, aggressive thing that, you know, was quite in your face. And then you obviously open it up for the chorus. It gets a little bit more kind of ballady. But um, the the lyrics, generally, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think... Um, I think subconsciously the the you got me good you cut me deep came maybe subconsciously from like a a Beatles reference, um, which was I can't remember what song it is I think it's I think it might be Dig a Pony maybe I I, I watched the uh, I watched the the Beatles documentary when we had COVID and had to stay in Baltimore for 10 days. And so that set me off on like a huge Beatles obsession again, but I've always loved them, but I think it's dig a pony from that song. And it was, it's one of the lyrics is she got me and she got me good. And I was like, she got me good. Got, got, got me good. It's kind of like a cool little thing. And I think that's kind of where the chorus maybe came from. So yeah, who knows? Um, to me, that's just like a playful breakup song that I think is kind of just, hopefully applicable to people that's what i try and try and do you know it's just like trying try and sum up the feeling try and sum up try and get into what a song like feels like like in terms of the instrumental and and the, the musical idea for it so yeah that's 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 where it came from i think yeah uh, fun video too that's the award show video right that's yeah a... i actually love that video that video might be one of my favorites so yeah is that you guys having fun or is that based on a little bit of personal experience the video oh uh well we have we have a limited experience of award shows like which tells you something we've we've won a couple of awards here and there uh but award shows now generally don't really like them yeah they are kind of weird you are expected to, it's especially with us and, and i think especially a little bit in like the alternative genre in general like trying to be like super flashy celebrities or like pretending to be that for a night is is kind of weird i think it's different if it's like fucking grannies or like the brit awards or some shit like that but yeah for the most part it's kind of like um you know there's this celebrity dickhead version of you that people see and then there's this you know not that we're even celebrities i would hate i do do not want that tag but um yeah, like, you know, and then there's and then there's you kind of and uh, the idea again stemmed from just like, oh, it would be funny if the heartbreak of the century was like you actually got the award for it. And yeah, I did. Are you just beating them to the punch is what you just did. You did it like you didn't be mad, like you've already got the award. That's Yeah, exactly. We'll give ourselves an award. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? If we're not gonna get any more. Exactly. Like I said, we're not trying to please anybody but ourselves. So we can give ourselves a good old uh, pat on the back for that, yeah. Give ourselves an award. <laughs> And we'll be right back right after this. 
Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Ben Barlow of Neck Deep. The easy sides of the record. I was looking at the track list. You got the heavier sides that, you know, we we need more bricks. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to quote that line to you. It's worth it. You know, we need more fight, we need more grit, we need more punks and we need more bricks. Yeah. And reading about, you know, you're talking uh, throughout the song what I wrote that monarchy, immigration, protest laws, international wars. Like that is a wide net that you're and 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 so concise and consolidated, you know, within this 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 pop punk song. Like what brought that on? Because obviously you were exercising something. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I uh I think um, you know, I, I kinda always want to write political songs, but sometimes it's hard to get them right. Like I don't know. You can get things wrong so easily, I think, you know. And we've written political songs in the past, even, that I look back now as, as someone who's older and has a better understanding of politics and, and kind of the way the world works, you know, a little bit more life experience. It's kind of like, I look back on some of them and some of the lines, I'm like, fuck yeah, you fucking know that one, you know what I mean? But then other times I'm like, ah, maybe we could do better. But I, I think this is genuinely the, the best political song we've ever ever written. I think it's yeah really punchy like just the right amount of uh of, of punch to it riding on easy core a little bit and yeah i think just very very succinct very concise and to the point uh but yeah definitely i'm a, I'm a very political person i was i was brought up in quite a political household um and yeah i follow it very very closely i would say generally like i'm i'm genuinely more concerned with the state of the world probably than God, I don't know. It's 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 high on my on my list of daily freakouts. You know what I mean. So it's I'm always leaning towards writing songs like that. And and I think with this one, we we kind of got it right with the tone and um with what we're commenting on. You know, um and 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 you know putting it out there and and, so, and, and so, it's always kind of over the top. We kind of you know especially the songs like "Shut the Fuck Up" is another one that kind of rides that line a little bit. And uh, I think it's always kind of good to go over the top and get kind of crazy with things and then wind it back in, you know. So it's it's kind of over the top and it's kind of, yeah, it's meaningful. It's punchy. It's It kind of gets right through to the issues, you know what I mean? There's, there's some subtext there, but for the most part, like, I think it's pretty easy to grasp. And um, yeah, I just hope that if, if, if there's anything I can do with my platform or whatever, then I think it would be to make people aware of some of the uh the the horrible horrible things that happen in the world and and the things that do affect them you know what i mean ultimately like all of this all of these wars and uh all of this profiteering and all of this corruption within government like it does genuinely affect you like we could have a better things could be better and that's again another part of the lyrics in the song you know um it just ain't right and it just ain't this like you know i know there's a way out like there's a there's a way out of this now and it's by it's going to take some pretty radical change you know what i mean but it's it's all about people pulling together and it's all about i think people needing to stand up and needing to say something about what's going on um peacefully of course you know again (laughs) you know we need bricks to build things of course and i think as well punk as well should always be kind of political really my older brother again was you know he was the elder punk in the household and kind of gave it to me and seb and his favorite bands were like Bad Religion, Dead Kennedys, Rage. Um, I mean, yeah, even 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 Green Day to an extent, pretty political. Blink, little little bit, you know. Oh, absolutely, I mean, American Idiot so. record, you know, that's that. Well, oh, changed course, so yeah, much, yeah, yeah. and then 
you know, and then and, it, and for me, it all starts with the clashes. Know your rights. Like that's mm. that's the top bar. You know, that's 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 step one, I guess, is, you know, when we could do a that song. Was the, that was the the that was the first part of the gate. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, even to an extent as well, like we need more punks, we need more bricks. It's like kind of an anarchistic thing. It's, you know, it's calling on bands like the Sex Pistols and, and it is not being afraid to say like, hey, fuck it. And that's what I mean as well by like, it's over the top. Like, hey, obviously I don't want people to start throwing fucking bricks. But as an analogy, fuck, we, we need to do something at the very least, you know? So yeah, I think it should be political. And I think, and I think that's always been a goal of, of punk rock music has always been to, to, uh, to spread awareness about those sort of things, or at least kind of give a platform to those sorts of things. So if we can do that, you know, in small doses and um, do it well, then cool. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm more politically aware than I, than I, than I was when I was in 22, 23, 24, you know, so it's, it's you know maybe a maybe a bit more room to to talk about stuff like that and you know it beats writing songs that don't mean anything either. The response from fans about those lyrics, I think a lot of people were were stoked on the lyrics particularly, which I was stoked about stuff. Yeah, it's a well written song. It really is. And I, I was I was <laughs> I was co not comparing it, but putting it next to "Take Me With You," and I thought I I think somewhere in a lot of our minds, maybe even subconsciously, we thought if we ever figure out about aliens. That changes things, right? And now yeah. we figured out a little bit more about aliens, and nothing changed. Nothing happened. Yeah, it was like, yeah, we're, they're here, and everyone was kind of like, well, yeah, there's there's too many other things happening. It's crazy, man. It's like you don't know which fucking way to look. Aliens was just thrown in there as like a little, you know, that was just a that was just a little side dish of to the madness. It was just crazy. Aliens just kind of slipped in there. But you know that while the that I think it also shows kind of what we're about as well. Like you know, on one hand you have this pretty serious to the point like thought provoking song, and then you just have this stupid ode to aliens exist by Blink basically. Um, but at the same at the same time, those things are kind of connected and like a you know. bit of an existential thing happening. You know, with uh, wanting to escape the planets. Yeah, there's still definitely a, uh, that that kind of message in, in Take Me With You as well. Yeah, touches on it for sure. By the way, and, and you know, speaking of music videos, uh, some top-notch masks that you guys have for the aliens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. The, you know, that, that really happened. That was all actual footage that, the, you know, that really happened. I was really abducted and went partying. Uh, it was a, oh, the video was, it was a tough one, actually, that video in particular, because it was... Um, we had like no budget for it. I can't remember what circumstance. I think it was just because like we had, there had been like slightly bigger budgets allocated for other songs, for videos and stuff. So this was one where it was just like, okay, we want to put this out, be good timing. It's, it's a good song. Like, you know, be a good one live. And the video, we had like no money for it. And uh, we got Ollie and uh, Murray here. Ollie um, is the singer from Static Dress to like a, like a UK like post hardcore kind of under oathy kind of band they're, they're fucking awesome and Ollie is insanely insanely talented but anyway he made that video for us and <laughs> it was me and my old housemate that basically had to rent a van and drive insanely far to so many like pointless locations sorry I just dropped an airport the, the the routing was a little rough but uh everyone else was like Sam uh lives out in america our guitarist uh he lives in nashville our uh, guitarist west was living in la at the time 
our drummer's girlfriend lives in France. Seb is just generally kind of a hermit. He's like pondering his orb at home. So um, it was just like, right, okay, it's got to be me. Then I, I kind of got to got to do this this whole thing in it for the long run. So uh, yeah, we 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 knocked it out over like two or three days and uh, had to keep the budget really tight, but kind of just lean into the the cheapness of it, you know. Well, it's a, I, I think that's what made me like it as much. I mean, you think like, you know, the, like the B-movie alien stuff that you might see on Mystery Science Theater 3000 or something, you know, like that's, <laughs> if, if that had been too top notch, it just, I don't know that it would have been too as effective. You know, that's, I loved it. I really did. I loved I, the campiness of it, I guess. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just fun. It, it wasn't meant to be a super serious one. It's not a serious song, so yeah. <laughs> um, ben, congratulations on this. And uh, of course, thanks for taking the time to talk to me about it today. No worries, man. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate you. My thanks to Ben Barlow. The new Neck Deep self-titled record is out now. Thanks, of course, to you for checking out the episode. Uh, please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up the entire series. Three new interviews every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Spotify, at Apple Podcast, NPR, WFPK.org, Consequence, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And don't forget to uh, leave a review and give a rating wherever you're listening from as well. And then after that, you can head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You get lots of classics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. There are song premieres with the best in new tracks. There's lots of music news, bonus interviews as well. Uh, one of my recent episodes, uh, I featured the music of uh, the Vaseline, Simon Garfunkel, Norma Tenega, uh, Adrian Linker from Big Thief, John Lurie, Paul Westerberg, The Beatles, Lydia Lovelace, Angie Stone, Yard Act, Local H, The Cure, Suzanne Vega, Toad the Wet Sprocket, and my interview with Suki Waterhouse. Just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the old social media sites. The address is always the same. It's at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. I'm a coffee nerd too. I got a, I have my own little setup at home. But I had to make a run for beans today, but yeah, I'm I'm very ca- very caffeinated. Yeah, it's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org from Louisville Public Media. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.